Welcome to Holistic History, the Fall of Celtic Britain. I'm Tony Frost, and this is episode four. Last episode, we examined what is known of the reign of Ambrosius Aurelianus, ending with his assassination. This paved the way for the rise of the legendary King Arthur. Arthur probably became monarch around the year 490. As we said in our series on King Arthur, he was from the noble family that governed Dumnonia in southwestern Britain. That province corresponds to modern Somerset, Dorset, Devon, and Cornwall. Not surprisingly, nothing is known for certain about his personal life. The inscription found at Glastonbury refers to Guinevere as Arthur's second wife. If this is true, nothing is known of his first wife, not even her name. Legends give Arthur a number of illegitimate children from various different lovers. Tradition gives him only one legitimate child, a son named Amir, who was killed. According to one reference, he was killed by Arthur himself. This is consistent with early depictions of Arthur as having a fierce temper that caused violence. Tradition states that his reign began with a civil war, in which eleven nobles rebelled because they refused to accept his authority. Lot of Manogadothan was the most significant. He's the only one of the eleven who played a role in the legends. He is also the only one who can be proven to have really existed. Ludonis, to use his real name, had his capital at Treprain Law, south of Edinburgh. He was descended from one of the Roman officers that Magnus Maximus had placed over the northern tribes. His family was Roman, and he was also in the Roman faction. According to Geoffrey of Monmouth, he even married the sister of Ambrosius Aurelianus. The evidence does not support the idea of a major rebellion, but the Roman faction continued to be a major player in the political and military situation. Unfortunately, there is no information on the wars against the Picts. We do know that the remaining Irish colonies were liberated, but there is no evidence Arthur was involved. Diffid was taken by the tribune Agricola, while the Isle of Anglesey was taken by Cadwallon of Gwynedd, and added to his realm. Despite their names, the evidence indicates that Agricola was in Arthur's faction, and Cadwallon was in the Roman faction. In fact, Cadwallon was from another branch of the same family as Ludonis. The strategic situation looks like the same kind of trade-off as Vortigern's reign, when each faction took one territory. Although Anglesey has long been considered part of Gwynedd, before this period it was actually considered part of another province that also included the Isle of Man. Early traditions state that Hoy, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name, son of Ka, was also an important enemy of Arthur's. There is only scant evidence of his existence, so he may not have even been real. But if he was, he could not have been exactly who we are told he was. He is said to have been the son of Ka of Altglud. Ka, or Caius, was real, with his capital being the town of Altglud, which is now Dumbarton in Scotland. He was also descended from one of the officers placed over the northern tribes of Magnus Maximus. According to later traditions, he had 19 or even 24 sons, with Hoi being the eldest. However, according to a more reliable source written in the 11th century, he had only five sons, and Hoy was not one of them. But Gildas, the author of The Ruin and Conquest of Britain, was. It is possible that later tradition made Hoy the son of Caius, because both men were remembered as Arthur's enemies. Hoy is said to have stabbed his own nephew, and this wound caused hatred between Hoy and Arthur. This brief statement doesn't explain why the nephew was attacked or why it should have led to a feud with Arthur. According to a 12th century biography of Gildas, Hoy refused to submit to any overlord and raided areas that were loyal to Arthur. Arthur convened some sort of a war council, which was not directed against Hoy. When Hoy showed up, Arthur had him killed. According to this account, this is why Gildas did not mention Arthur in his book. 
It is safe to say that Hoy was not Gildas's brother, but he may still have been real. Hoy is listed in the triads as one of the three diademed battle leaders of the island of Britain. Champions wore a diadem, or torque, in order to identify them. Over the centuries there would have been hundreds of such champions, but these three were remembered as the greatest. This tradition appears to be independent of the Arthurian legends and suggests that Hoy was a real man. More evidence to support his existence is in the story of how Arthur had him killed. Instead of the heroic monarch facing the rebel in combat, he made a much more pragmatic move and avoided a direct confrontation. This is at odds with the depiction of Arthur in the legends. So the idea followed here is that Hoy was a famous warrior who numbered among Arthur's enemies, but nothing more can be said with any certainty. The traditions of the animosity between Hoy and Arthur and the suggestion that Arthur might actually have killed his own son shows that Arthur was not just an idealized figure of legend. There are hints at a much more complex character who was not always noble or heroic. As significant as Arthur's domestic enemies may have been, all traditions indicate that most of his energies were directed against the Anglo-Saxons. The idea that he drove the Angles out of the area of the River Glen in Lincolnshire has already been examined in the series on King Arthur as was the campaign that culminated in the Battle of Baden Hill. To recap, Ali, the Anglo-Saxon High King, decided to challenge Arthur head-on by invading Dumnonia by sea. Ali won the Battle of Portsmouth, but it was not a decisive victory. Arthur won the rematch at Baden Hill, which is now Salisbury Hill, near Bath. This happened sometime around the year 500. Ali was the last significant enemy Arthur had, at least during this part of his reign. Arthur's victory over Ali led to a period of roughly 20 years of peace and stability. However, that peace was to come crashing down when Melguain rebelled against Arthur. In criticizing the rulers of his own day, Gildas accused Melguain of seizing power by killing his uncle in the civil war. Melguain was the son of Cadwallon, the noble who had taken Anglesey from the Irish. As was already mentioned, the family was Roman. According to Geoffrey of Monmouth, Guinevere's family was Roman. It's possible that she was Cadwallon's sister and Melguain's aunt, making Arthur Melguain's uncle by marriage. This would make Arthur the uncle Melguain killed when he seized power. In a bid to make himself king, Melguain rebelled against Arthur. The showdown between the two was at the field of Camlin. As was said in the series of King Arthur, Arthur split his army into three. Arthur himself commanded one division, Medrat, or Mordred, another of Arthur's nephews, commanded another, and Bedwyr, who became Sir Bedivere in the legends, led the third division. Medrat was secretly in league with Melguain and switched sides on the battlefield. During the battle, both Arthur and Medrat were killed. Melguain had a fit of remorse, probably because Medrat was killed, and entered a monastery. This led to a period of turmoil. The Britons never again had a monarch of Arthur's abilities, and they never fully recovered from this turmoil. Arthur's reign was the high mark of Celtic Britain. After him came a slow decline. To sum up, the evidence supports the tradition that Arthur really was the greatest ruler of Celtic Britain, and one of the greatest in all British history. He brought order out of chaos, and if the traditions are true, he was also a champion of law over the whims of the nobles. Please join us next episode, which will cover the period of civil strife in the post-Arthurian period. You have been listening to Holistic History, The Fall of Celtic Britain. I'm Tony Frost. Until next time, I hope you stay safe.